again, I want to welcome you. Welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church. If it is your first time being with us today, I want you to know, we are really glad that you're here. We hope that today is a great encouragement to you. We're a local assembly of believers who've come together for one purpose, and that's to worship Jesus Christ. And we hope that's a great encouragement to you as you're with us today. We're really glad that you're here, whether you're here on the Modesto campus or our online campus. We've been going through a series called Grace Transforms. It's 12 weeks long. We spent two weeks looking at believe, two weeks looking at influence, and these two weeks are about winning, winning people to Jesus Christ. The passage that we're going to be in today, if you want to take your Bible and turn, is 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll start in verse 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. All the verses will be on the screens as well. We've been utilizing this journal together as a church family, the Grace Transforms Journal. This was written by you. It was written by members of our church family. There are daily devotionals in here. There are small group questions in here. This is a great tool for you to use as you're growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a physical copy, I just found out there are some in the nook and a few physical copies that are left in the nook, but also you can download this for free right on the front page of our website. And our small group, our life group meets once a week. We've been going through uh, this series together and I would encourage you, being in a life group is so important to have a group of people that you're working together with as you're following Jesus Christ. I would love to see a life group on mission in your neighborhood, that your neighborhood would have a group of people working together for the gospel. And this last week, I heard an incredible story uh, coming out of a life group. There's a life group that's been meeting, and there's two uh, two men who they've been sharing their stories, they've been getting to know each other, sharing their testimonies of what God has done in their life. And one of those guys, he got an invitation to play darts from his neighbor. And so he's thinking, well, I don't know that I really have time to go play darts right now, but he really sensed that, that this is what God would have him do, is to go play darts. So he ends up going playing darts with a gentleman in the neighborhood. And uh, it comes to a moment to where he's then able uh, to kind of hear about this guy and what's going on in his life. And it's a really similar story to the guy he's been in a life group with. And so he borrows the testimony and he borrows the, you know, the story of a guy he's in a life group with and he uses it to then share the gospel of this guy he's playing darts with in his neighborhood. I don't know what invitation you're going to get. It might be to play darts. It might be to have a meal. It might be your neighbor needs some help. But you want to be ready. You want to be ready. And being in a life group is a great encouragement so that we can be ready when God provides the opportunities. Um, so let's be looking for that. Let's be looking out for what is that you know, invitation to play darts in our neighborhood gonna look like. It'll probably be different for all of us. This, uh, this passage we'll get into in just a moment. Before we do, uh, I wanna go through a few basics. First is the name of our church. The name of our church is Big Valley Grace Community Church. If I were to put that name in a sentence, I'd say it like this. We wanna reach this big central valley with the grace of Jesus Christ in community with his church. And the idea is that we wanna reach, right? We wanna reach. And when we reach this big central valley, we do it one resident at a time. We reach the big central valley one resident at a time. The purpose of our church is to bring glory to God, that in everything we would do, that we would bring glory to God. The mission of our church is to love God, love people, and make Disciples, And if you were to take the name of our church and the purpose of our church and the mission of our church and you were to point it in a direction, that's where we get vision. Vision is about setting direction. It's setting direction of where we're heading together. And if you were to take the name of our church and the purpose of our church and the mission of our church and you were to point it in the direction of your neighborhood, vision would sound like this. Love 
your actual neighbor. Love your actual neighbor. What does that mean? What does that mean that you would love your actual neighbor? Well, that's the whole reason why we're going through Grace Transform series. This means every member of the body of Christ. That's someone who believes. We spent two weeks looking at believe. Being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's someone who's being an incredible influence for Jesus Christ. We spent two weeks looking at influence. Evangelizing. That's winning people to Christ. That's what we're doing today. We're, we're gonna be looking at winning. And discipling, that's equipping. We'll spend two weeks on that. Our actual neighbors and leading them to do the same. That's multiplication. We'll spend two weeks on that. So we're in this middle of this series and this is a big vision. It's a big vision to go love your actual neighbor. It's a, it's a vision so big that only God could get the glory by accomplishing this vision. But this vision is so small that you could start and be a part of this vision right from where you live. Right from where you live. How does this happen? Well, it happens because of the grace of God. That, that's why the series we're going through right now is called Grace Transforms. Because we understand that it's only by the power of God and his grace transforming our lives that we could do anything for him. Grace transforms residents of earth. We're all residents of earth, but grace transforms residents of earth into citizens of heaven. That's what scripture calls us. As followers of Jesus Christ, as those who belong to him, we've been you know, recategorized as citizens of heaven. Grace transforms residents of earth into citizens of heaven who win with Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is a winner. Jesus Christ is a winner and he's winning and he's inviting us along for the ride as he wins. Scripture talks a lot about winning and victory. In Proverbs 21, it says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. The victory belongs to the Lord. And Jesus, he quotes scripture in Matthew chapter 12 and he says that he's gonna bring justice to victory. He's gonna bring justice to victory. In 1 John chapter five, verses four and five, it says that those who are born of God have overcome the world. And what is this victory that has overcome the world? Our faith. Our faith. That's the victory that has overcome the world is our faith. And everyone who is born of God is a child of God because they believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus is a winner. It is seen so clearly throughout all of scripture that Jesus wins. And grace transforms residents of earth into citizens of heaven who win with him with Jesus, as Jesus is winning, he invites us along for the ride. So as he is winning, he really invites us to train in some ways to win along with him, and that's what our passage is really identifying. Our passage is about training to win, and winning with Jesus Christ by training in four ways. There's four ways that we'll look here in this passage. You know, no one wins without training. That, that's just like pretty common. That's a pretty common, no one wins without training. If there's a marathon tomorrow, and you go run it, you're not gonna win. Some of you are acting like you're surprised right now. Like, unless you're training for it, like unless you're training to win, right? If you're training to win, we'll watch you win tomorrow, all right? But you, it, training costs you something, right? Blood, sweat, tears, right? When you think about training, it costs you something. And these are opportunities for us to train as we're walking with Jesus Christ that we might win as he is winning. We get to come along for his win. Way number one is train to serve, training to serve. And this is placing the need of salvation in others ahead of our own freedoms, and we'll unpack that here. Placing the need of salvation in others ahead of our own freedoms. One of the ways that we've been training our big boys, we've got a bunch of kids, they're everywhere. We've we got some big boys, and one of the ways we've been training our big boys to serve in our neighborhood is we assume the neighbor's trash is our problem. Sunday night, it's our job to take the neighbor's trash out. Monday after school, it's our job to bring the neighbor's trash in. We assume the neighbor's trash is our problem. 
We never ask them, do you want us to take your trash out? We don't care if they want us to take their trash out or not. We want their trash to go out. It's our problem to take the trash. We're a big family. Trash is an issue with big families. You may be aware, all right? So we look at that and we go, hey, we're just gonna teach our boys we're taking the trash out. The neighborhood trash is our problem. We're gonna, we're gonna serve our neighbors in that way. And we've done that for years. We've done that for a lot of neighbors for a long time. You know, when I think about people, we think about training to serve, I think people who have served in the military. I'd be wanting to know, is anybody here who has served in the military? You were a part of the armed forces. You're a part of the military. Anybody here, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Absolutely. That is valuable. And that is worth telling someone thank you for. Someone, when I find out someone has served in the military, I want to thank them. Because that is a valuable, valuable service. I mean, think about how when someone starts in the military, they, you know, they go to a boot camp, right? Basic training. And our culture loves the idea of boot camp. You want to eat different? Go to a boot camp. You want to work out different? Go to a boot camp. You want to learn how to drive different? Go to a boot camp. Some of you need to do that one. But I'm just telling you, like our, our culture loves boot camp. My nephew right now, Skylar, I've been telling you about him, he's in basic training right now in the Air Force. He's in, and the whole point of him being in basic training is because they're trying to acclimate him for what is needed to serve. The whole point is like a crash course on how to serve, right? Training to serve. And when we look at the military, we see how people have placed the need of freedom in others ahead of their own freedoms. That's super clear to see. They've placed the need of freedom in others ahead of their own freedoms. When we talk about training to serve for Christ, we're placing the need of salvation in others, right? We're placing the need of salvation in others ahead of our own freedoms. And this is what he says. This is how he starts. Verse 19, for though I am free from all, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. Let's unpack that here before we continue. He says, though I am free from all. He starts the chapter and saying, am I not free? Do I not have rights? In the next chapter, he says, don't I have liberties? You know, should my liberties be determined by someone else's conscience? He's saying, I'm, I'm free. In Romans, he writes to them and says, we were slaves of sin. We're no longer slaves of sin. We've been set free by the power of Jesus Christ. I'm free. But what do I do with my freedom? What direction am I pointing my freedom in? He's saying, though I'm free from all, I have made myself a servant to all. I was enslaved to sin and had no freedom. Now I'm free from sin. I have freedom in Christ, and I have chosen to make myself a slave of God, right? I have chosen to make myself a servant of God, and I am going to serve other people. When he writes to the church in Galatia, he says, don't use your freedoms as a cover-up for evil or you know, as an excuse for the flesh or an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, don't use the fact that you have freedom in Christ just to go sin some more. But instead of doing that, use your freedom through love to serve one another. This Bible right here is an English Standard Version. You may have a, a different English uh, version of the Bible. This one's an English Standard Version. I just did a simple word search, okay? Simple word search, English Standard Version. The word grace, 135 times. 135 times the word grace shows up in this Bible I'm holding right here. Then I did a simple word search for the word neighbor, 157 times. Just think about that. Grace shows up 135 times. Neighbor shows up 157 times. And I would encourage you not to see those as different subjects. But we would understand that when the Bible speaks of grace, it's talking about the transformation that God is gonna have in our lives, right? Bringing the, giving us a gift we don't deserve. That the grace of God comes to transform our life. When it talks about neighbors, it is assuming it's that grace of God working in us to our neighbor, 
right? That we would see that when we interact with our neighbors, it is not cut off from the grace of God, but that we would be a channel for the grace of God to flow through our lives directly to our neighbors, right at our neighbors. It's why in the next chapter here, he says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. In other words, the goodness and the grace of God has come to our life, and now we want that to flow through to our neighbors, that the goodness and the grace of God would flow through to our neighbors. That's why we have a core value of neighborly service. Here's a picture of some students who went into a neighborhood to serve, and the whole point of these students going into the neighborhood to serve was they wanted to love their neighbor as themselves, like what Jesus commanded, and to use that as an opportunity to then bring the gospel. To use that as an opportunity to open up conversations with the people that they talk to about Jesus Christ. In this passage, it says, though I'm free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. That I might win more of them. This is about people coming to know Jesus Christ. He says, I have freedom, but I have pointed my freedom in the direction of service to Jesus Christ and the people that I'm going after because I want to win people to Jesus Christ. I want to win them. I want the good news of the gospel to come to these people. I want to evangelize them. I want them to come to know Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is a winner and I want them to be one for Christ. This term win that's in the passage, it's used in a few different ways in scripture. It's used to talk about like worldly gain and worldly advantage and financial gain and financial advantage. When Paul writes to Titus, he says, don't do things for shameful gain. It's used in that way right there about worldly gain and, and, and monetary gain. But it's also used for spiritual gain. When he writes to the church in Philippi, he says, to die is gain. To die is to win. To die is a spiritual advantage. Jesus uses the term in Matthew 18 when he says, if your brother sins against you and you go to him and he confesses his sin and listens to you, you've gained your brother. You have a, a spiritual advantage. You've won your brother over. Peter, he writes to wives who are followers of Jesus who have unbelieving husbands. And he says to these wives, by your good conduct in Christ, you will win your husbands who don't believe. You will win them. They'll have, there'll be a spiritual advantage. You'll win them to Christ. It's when he, when he writes to the church in Philippi, he says, whatever gain I had, so whatever monetary gain I had, whatever worldly advantage I had, I consider it all as a loss in comparison to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. So the worldly advantage and the worldly gain is being compared against the spiritual advantage and the spiritual gain, and the spiritual advantage and the spiritual gain is winning. It wins every time. And that's the term he's using here. He says, for though I'm free from all, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them, that I might have a spiritual gain, that I might have a spiritual advantage with more people. That's why we have this core value of endless reach. Endless reach, and here's a picture of grocery bags. And these grocery bags are from Thanksgiving Reach, and the whole point of Thanksgiving Reach is to take groceries to people, and that's a, that's a worldly gain, a meal, okay? It's a Thanksgiving meal, it's a worldly gain. We wanna take a worldly gain to people because we actually wanna share the gospel with them. We wanna tell them about Jesus Christ because there's a spiritual gain that's far greater than groceries. There's a spiritual advantage that's far greater than the meal. And so we use the meal to reach out to people so that we have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. In this passage, he says, though I'm free from all, I've made myself a servant of all that I might win more of them. And then he says, I became. And he uses a bunch of, 
uh, illustrations of how he became. And this is all about assuming the condition of the people he's trying to reach. He says, I became as a Jew. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became like the weak, that I might win the weak. At Thanksgiving Reach, we become like people who need groceries so that we might win people who need groceries, right? I mean, it makes me think about uh, our missionaries. This is a picture of our missionaries serving in, in India. Just think about that. Think about someone going to a different culture to serve the people of that culture. You, you, there's so much to learn. There is so much that need training that is involved to learn how to serve someone who's in a different culture. So many things, so many pieces. And so you become like the people that you're trying to serve. You come live like them. You assume the condition of them so that you might win them to Christ. And though you have freedom, you choose to be a servant so that you might win people and you become like the people that you're trying to serve. It's the whole reason why we're doing this ministry right now to those who are being relocated from Afghanistan. Are we being relocated from Afghanistan? No, but they are, and we're trying to become like them in their situation, which is why we have asked people to bring pillows and you know uh, towels and blankets. This used to be Pastor Tim's office. It's now full of, of stuff the church has brought, right? It's awesome. And we're not refugees, but we're becoming like those who are refugees so that we might win those who are refugees because we wanna bring the gospel to them. I'm free from all, but I become a servant to all that I might win more of them, so I became like. You know, an, a, an, a simple example of this in my own neighborhood is a few years ago, you know, we got Wi-Fi installed at our house. Maybe you have Wi-Fi, I don't know. We got Wi-Fi installed at our house, and so I get the Wi-Fi thing and I read the instructions. That tells you something about me right there. So I read the instructions for the Wi-Fi, and I found out you can change the name of your Wi-Fi, and I was like, awesome, I'm changing the name of my Wi-Fi. So I changed the name of my Wi-Fi to Jesus Loves You. My Wi-Fi is called Jesus Loves You. For years, my Wi-Fi in my neighborhood is called Jesus Loves You. I got thousands of neighbors. I live right next to an apartment complex. I have thousands, it's a huge apartment complex. Every time someone's looking for internet, Jesus loves you. Every time they're looking for, Jesus loves you. Every time, Jesus loves you. It's the strongest signal you'll ever get. Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, right? When you come to my house, and you ask for Wi-Fi, it requires a password. And that's my opportunity to share a Bible verse because the password's a Bible verse. And so, man, I got these kids that are friends with my sons, right? They're coming over, they need Wi-Fi. Oh, I believe Jesus loves you, all right? And here's, here's the password, I love it. People are looking, I mean, we just, we get this, right? It's just a, it's just a way in the neighborhood. I'm, I'm using something as silly as Wi-Fi I'm literally broadcasting Jesus Loves You onto the screens of everyone in my neighborhood and they can do nothing about it. Amen. People are looking for Wi-Fi. They're gonna get a whole lot more. But the whole idea of online, right? I mean, it's so clear to see. This last year and a half, we have, we have been asking God to help us to become like those online so that we might reach those online. It's the whole reason why we have the online campus. In fact, I asked our online campus pastor, Pastor Brandon, Brandon, would you share with us in a video of how we're becoming like those online 
so that we might reach those who are online. And so check out this video from Pastor Brandon, our online campus pastor. When Big Valley Grace began, there was no online. There was no internet. And not as in there's no signal. There was no internet. There were no people that were going online and it did not exist. But there has been this explosion of activity online. Our online campus is really about trying to meet people where they're at, to meet our culture in a culture that is in this digital age where people spend so much time online. I'll give you a couple examples just from this series. Weekdays, we go live on our online campus and we're reading through the journal together. And I've invited the authors to come down and be a part of reading their journal entries. And we just spend the first part of our day with the Lord together reading through the journal. Uh, we've had a thing called the Campus Roundtable where we try to share wins and highlights and stories and dive deeply into some topics from the weekends. We have a very active Facebook group and it's this interactive space where people can share uh, scriptures and devotional thoughts and just life updates. And uh, one of the great things is prayer requests. And there are people that share and then dozens of people from our church hop on and share and encourage and pray for one another. And without a doubt, the most significant ministry we have online is just our weekend gatherings, which for our online campuses are really tailored for those joining online. It's not an afterthought. It's not a secondary thing. It's not just a live stream that's just put up. It is a live hosted, live attended gathering on the weekends. And so we just want to keep pressing forward, keep expanding our ministry and keep reaching people in this digital culture for Jesus. Jesus is our best example. Philippians chapter two says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, in his freedom, chose to become a servant so that he might win us to the Father and he became like us. Incredible. First way is way, train, way number one is train to serve. Win with Jesus by training in four ways. Way number one is train to serve. Way number two is train to share. Train to share. And this is communicating salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Skyler, uh, on a Friday, a Saturday, or Sunday, you know, he's in basic right now, he gets to make a phone call to his parents. They have no idea when the phone call's coming, and whenever that phone call comes, they better answer it, and he only has five minutes. He has five minutes to share. He's, whatever's happened that week in basic training, he's got five. I mean, can you imagine his parents just glued to the phone, right, just listening to everything he says? When you get an opportunity for five minutes, are you ready? You just got five minutes. Would you be ready? Would you be ready to share, to communicate salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone? I'm gonna show you how we can do it here in just a moment. In 1 Corinthians chapter nine in our passage, he says, I become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them and it's blessing. The whole point is the gospel. I train to serve because I wanna train to share. I'm serving because I wanna share. 
I'm serving because I want to share. I want to share the gospel. He's not seeking his own advantage. He's been crucified with Christ. It's no longer Christ, but it's, it's no longer him, but Christ that lives in him. And so he sees his life as at the disposal of God. And I want to do this for the sake of the gospel. I want to share the gospel. Jesus said, I must preach the good news. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God, for I was sent for this purpose. At the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, we see this message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right there, right at the beginning. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, what is the gospel? What is the good news? Well, if you only had one verse, I'd encourage you to use this one. It's John 3.16. In the back of this uh, journal, there's a cutout there. It's got memory verses. And uh, I would encourage you to memorize this verse. If you only had one verse, this verse, you could share the gospel in less than five minutes. Let's do it right now. Four parts. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in Jesus should not perish but have eternal life. That's incredible news. Part one. For God so loved the world. God loves you. That's incredible that God loves you. And out of his love, he decides to give you a gift, part two, that he gave his only son. God loves you so much that he wants to give you a gift. And it's out of his love that he gives the gift of his son. That whoever believes in him, and him is Jesus in that verse, that's part three, is that you would place your faith in Jesus, the gift that God has given. God's the one who loves, he does that. God's the one who gives his son, he does that. What's, what should I do? Well, whoever believes in Jesus. That, that's the part that, that I get to participate in. I get to believe in Jesus. God loves you so much. He gave you his son. And if you would believe in Jesus, look at the result. Should not perish. Why, why, why not perish? Why, why would I perish? Well, you would perish because God is gonna punish sin with his wrath. God's gonna punish sin with his wrath. But if you're believing in Jesus Christ, you're not gonna receive the, the perish. You're not gonna receive the punishment of the sin because Jesus Christ has taken your punishment for you. And that was the reason why Jesus went to the cross. And so when you believe in Jesus, you're believing that he's taken your sin and dealt with it for you on the cross. That you should not perish, but you would have eternal life. And eternal life starts today. Eternal life is today. It is, it is life in Jesus Christ today moving forward forever. God loves you so much. He gave his son Jesus. And if you'd believe in Jesus, the gift God gave you out of love, you wouldn't perish for your sin, but you'd have eternal life. You can share the gospel in less than five minutes. You could do that. You could have this one verse, just, under, just one verse, only one verse. You could have just one verse, and you could share the gospel. Someone might ask you a follow-up question. Well, how is a person saved? How is a person saved? Well, I'd share this verse with you. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And it, and it simply says, for, you've been, for by grace you've been saved. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Just break it down. By grace. Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. You have been saved from your sin because you need to be saved from your sin because God punished sins. You've been, by grace, you've been saved through faith. That's our part. We just believe in Jesus Christ. And guess what? You had nothing to do with it. This is not your own doing. I mean, the scripture could not be any more clear. This is not your own doing. And to emphasize it, it's the gift of God. This is what God gave you. If you had two minutes, 
you could explain Ephesians 2.8. How about those two verses? Would you be willing to train to share those two? I don't know if you've noticed. There's a lot of verses in here. I've, I've looked. It's, it's full. There's tons of them. There's like chapters and numbers and all kinds of stuff. What if you had two that you were ready? And when your five-minute opportunity came, you had those two verses and you were ready. John 3.16 and Ephesians 2.8. That you might communicate salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. I'd encourage you to do that. I'd encourage you to do that. Way number two is train to share. Way number three is train to finish. You know, the whole point of Skyler being in basic training is he doesn't want to stay in basic training, right? No one wants to stay in boot camp. He wants to graduate, right? He's got an end in mind. He's got a target in mind. He's training with an end in mind. And training to finish here in this passage, this is completing the goal of helping someone place their faith in Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't it be incredible to complete the goal of helping someone place their faith in Jesus Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 in our passage here, our passage continues, Paul says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you might obtain it. In other words, don't go into a race if you're not gonna finish the race. Why start a race if you're not gonna finish? That doesn't make any sense. Man, if you're gonna, race, if you're gonna run in the race, man, run, run to obtain it, run, run to win. Jesus said, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. In other words, he's saying, look, count the cost. Like, I want you to to follow me and and see it through, right? Follow me and see it through. See it through to completion and following me. Uh, He gives some examples. One of the examples he gives is a building project. Hey, if people go to build a building and then like get half done, people are gonna look and go, hey, they only got half done. Look, there's like two walls, right? And people are gonna laugh at the people and go, hey, look, they didn't finish that building. Guess what? We're thinking about that right now. We got a building project, right? There's a building project out on the Modesto campus. This is the elevations of the plans for what that building's gonna look like. And we're taking it really seriously. Not just the end result that we need a building, but the how it's gonna be built and the money that needs to be raised prior to building it and the timing that it needs to be done in that will be most beneficial for our church family. But we're taking that serious. We're taking it really serious. Jesus uses another example about war. He says, if you have 10,000 guys in the army that's opposing you has 20,000, are you gonna be able to beat that army with 20,000 if you only have 10,000? Like, you should consider that. Like, you should think about that. Right? You should, you should just consider what's it gonna take to complete what we're about to go do. And what Paul's saying here is, if you're gonna run, run to obtain the prize. Finish, you know, train to finish. Think that you're ready to finish. Now, I wanna take a moment here, time out. Because here we are talking about training to finish, and there might be some people here. Here we are talking about training to finish, and yet what you're thinking about right now is you just wanna give up and you wanna quit, and you wanna throw in the towel, and I wanna talk to you right now. And I understand things can be very hard, and you may be facing a situation or a circumstance that is incredibly difficult right now, and you wanna quit, you wanna throw in the towel, you don't wanna keep going, I understand. But let me encourage you, Jesus is not throwing in the towel on you, and Jesus is not quitting on you. And Jesus is gonna bring about the victory in your life. And whatever the hardship is that you're facing right now, Jesus will get you through it. Jesus will get it done. Jesus will finish the job and Jesus will bring victory in your life. I don't know what's going on. I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure it's difficult. I'm sure there is pain and there is hurt and there is sorrow and there is grief. 
But Jesus will accomplish in your life what he wants to get done in your life because Jesus wins. Jesus always wins. He always brings victory. He may not do it in the time you want or in the way you want, but he will get the job done. And the scriptures say, do not grow weary in in doing good. And you might be weary right now, and I want to encourage you. Don't grow weary in doing good, because in due time, there will be a harvest that is reaped. Fruit will be born. But that is uh, God's job to take care of. And I want to encourage you, trust in Jesus Christ, that he will get you through the hard thing that you are in right now. Jesus will bring the victory. He who began a good work in your life will be faithful to bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So if you're facing a brick wall right now, God will help you. If you've got the hardest thing you've ever gone through and you're going through it right now, Jesus is going to help you. God's going to help you get through it. And you may think, I can't finish I'm going to quit. I'm going to throw in the towel. I get it. I understand why you'd think that. But Jesus will finish on your behalf. Jesus will finish for you what you can't finish for yourself. And when you're ready to throw the towel, he's there picking it up. And when you're ready to quit, he's coming across the finish line. He's got it, okay? He's got it. He's got you. Jesus has got you. And he's going to bring you to completion. Way number three is train to finish, train to finish. Someone may ask you as you're sharing the gospel with them, well, what do I need to do to be saved? What, what do I need to do to be saved? And there's a verse in Acts chapter 16, I think it is so simple and it is so clear. It just says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You could literally screw everything else up. Just point people to Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Point people to Jesus. Encourage people to place their faith in Jesus. This is not about you. This is not about what you accomplished. This is about Jesus and what he accomplished. Just point people to Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. So the last way, the last way we train, this one's a little different. This is train to qualify. And really Paul gives this as kind of a closing thought here. In Skyler, as he's going through basic training with the Air Force right now, he's got to pass all these assessments, right? They're... they're They're teaching him a bunch of stuff, and he's got to pass all these assessments. That's one part of it, of qualifying. But the other part of it is Skyler's got to make sure he doesn't do anything dumb to disqualify himself, right? And that's, you know, me talking like an uncle, right? So he's got to make sure, right, he doesn't disqualify himself, right? He's got to to use some self-control while he's in there so that he doesn't disqualify himself. Well, Paul's addressing that. And this train to qualify, this is about exercising self-control now for the purpose of eternal blessing later. That we, we go, okay, I'm going to use some self-control right now because I understand there's some heavenly things at stake here. In verse 25, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. This is so easy to see. When we see somebody who's like a stellar athlete, what do you say? You go, wow, look at the discipline of that person, right? Look at how they've been disciplined. Look how they've trained, right? It's like exercising self-control. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. It's talking about the, the wreaths that would have been made out of leaves and vines that would have been placed on the head. He's saying that, that perishes, right? That's gonna burn up. Call it a trophy or whatever, right? But we an imperishable. The scripture talks about a crown of life, right? There's, there's an eternal blessing. It's far greater than anything on this planet. 
He says, so I do not run aimlessly. I, I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body. I keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. He's saying, look, I'm just taking it really serious. I'm just taking it serious. I'm taking my life. I mean, he, he tells Timothy, hey, watch your life and doctrine closely, right? There's the encouragement that we should examine ourselves. So look, just, just pay attention to the way you're living your life. That you wouldn't, you know, inadvertently disqualify yourselves from the blessings that God's trying to give you. You know, I think some ways that we can, get, we can get off track is when we lose focus, when we lose focus on Jesus Christ, or we lose priority of having Jesus be the priority in our life. I mean, consider this. The culture you live in celebrates when people do not do the right thing. The culture you live in celebrates when people do the opposite of what Jesus would have them do. The culture you live in celebrates when people do things opposing to God. That's the environment you live in. Are you aware? Are you aware that that's the environment you live in? Which is why it is so important that we stay focused right here on the word of his grace, being led by the power of the spirit of grace, to stay focused and have the priority of Jesus Christ be number one in our lives. Because the entire message all around us is do the wrong thing. And we need to encourage one another to keep our focus and our priority on Jesus Christ that we would strengthen one another in that way and point each other to Jesus Christ, that we would not you know, end up disqualifying ourselves from the things that God wants to do in our life. So he says, you know, I wanna qualify. I don't wanna be disqualified. I wanna qualify. Jesus is the best example of this. Think of the temptation that Jesus went and under, underwent. The temptation that Jesus had as the enemy is attacking him head on you know, Jesus could have right in that moment, you know, been disqualified or whatever. Now, he, he didn't, and, and I'm not saying anything weird theologically or anything. We're just, just imagine that, the intensity of that temptation, right? And he's the best example we have to look at and go, he was not disqualified when things were hardest. And so we say, you know what? I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like him. I want to be like Jesus. I want to, I want to be, I want to train to be like Jesus, I want to keep training to be like Jesus. And I need you to tell me, train to be like Jesus. And you need me to tell you, train to be like Jesus. We need to just continue to encourage one another. Let's have Jesus be who we're going after. Let's have Jesus be going who we're going after. He wins. So win with Jesus Christ by training in four ways. Train to serve, train to share, train to finish, and train to qualify. Grace transforms residents of earth into citizens of heaven who win with Jesus Christ. I wanna encourage you to stand up. As you're standing up, you're gonna see some pictures. These are pictures of parties in neighborhoods, right, from our neighborhood meetups. And the whole point of the neighborhood meetups is that we would meet our neighbors and build bridges of communication that we can share the gospel with them. But this is what the scriptures say. The scripture says in Luke 15, seven, that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Think about the parties that will be thrown in heaven when someone in your neighborhood comes to know Jesus Christ. That will be amazing. That will be amazing. That's what I want to see happen. That's what I want to encourage us is that we would, man, there would be a party thrown in heaven because someone in our neighborhood came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They've been one to Christ. They've been one to Christ. Christ has been the victory in their lives. Father God, Lord, we ask you, Lord, that you would use us as a church family. God, would you, 
um, work in and through us? Would grace throw to, throw, flow through our lives to our neighbors, God? And that as you, you grace upon grace, the scripture says, you pour grace upon grace, as grace is just saturating our lives, would it just flow out of our lives to our neighbors, to everyone around us? God, that we might be used for you and your glory. So, Lord, we love you. Thank you that you are the victory. Thank you that you are encouraging those who are weak today and those who are down today and those who are struggling today. And, God, you are encouraging us and strengthening us. And, Lord, you are our victory, and we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said.